Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right. Welcome to this. Sorry, you go. Excuse- Not- Sorry. <laughs> I just. This- <laughs> you happen to be one of the most annoying people that I know. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm also one of the four people you know. You don't have any friends anymore, Claire, now that you're, you're married with a kid. Yeah, that's right. I just stay at home all day looking at your sad old face. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm, J- I'm James. You're James. I'm yeah. Claire. This is Suggestible Pod and we recommend you stuff. Yeah, we do. You know we do. And the idea is that when we recommend things to you, you then go and try those things out or completely ignore those recommendations. Either way, we mostly don't know what you do. Right. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Thank you. Stating the obvious. Would you like me to go first? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Get the boring one out of the way. No, this is a good one. I think you'll like it. Ooh, okay. This is a Netflix documentary, not series, one movie. It's called Tell Me Who I Am. And it's about twins in Britain called Alex and Marcus. Oh, I've heard of this one. Mm. I've heard of it. Sounds really interesting. Anyway, explain. It is really I haven't interesting. So uh, they basically they they grew up together because they're twins. They're and the interesting thing about these guys is they're mirrors of each other. One's left brain, one's right brain. So they say one's left-handed, one's right-handed. So they. Wow. I know what a strange so kind cool. of. So they're identical. Yes. Which, so the same embryo to yeah. split. Whoa. But reversed, I guess. But the idea is that one of well, this is not the idea. This is what happened. <laughs> In, like, the early 80s, one of them, Alex, has a severe motorcycle accident, right? Um, ah! Crash. That's, yeah, that's right. That's how exactly. Thank sorry. you for inserting that clip, Collings, of the accident, <laughs> which was recreated. So sorry. It's a tragic I'm story, I'm drinking Claire. a banana smoothie while we while Nothing we to do with whatever that was. Yeah, Don't blame know, the banana smoothie. You know when I'm drinking something with a bit of sugar and I get a bit of pep? Anyway, continue with your twins, Doc. Anyway, so one of the, the one who has an accident is 19. He wakes up and he recognises his brother. <gasps> brother, I see you yes. over there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Collins, thank you so much again for putting that clip in. But he doesn't recognise anything else. He doesn't recommend his parent rec- recognise his. He doesn't, rec- recommend. He doesn't recommend them. Well, he shouldn't because they're bad people. <laughs> but we'll get to that. He doesn't recognise his parents. He doesn't recognise any of his friends. So he goes home to live with his brother, and his brother basically reteaches him everything. He shows him a picture and he's like, "Oh, where was this?" And he's like, "Oh, we went to the beach when we were kids." With you know, and he's like, "Did we go on holidays?" He's like, "Yeah, we went on holidays all the time." We had, you know, and he's like, "Did we have a happy childhood?" He goes, "Yeah, we had like a normal happy childhood and." Happy families and all these things. Uh, the way that Marcus then frames it is, this is a quote that I've got, it says, I painted a picture of a normal family, but none of it was true. It was a fantasy that I was creating for him. So there is this kind of mystery element to the story because they're not interviewed together, at least at first. So you're like, why is this? Why is he lying to his brother? Is he just kind of, is he taking advantage of him? Like w- what's going on here? And it turns out that after his parents die, uh, the dad goes and then the mother, the brother who doesn't remember Alex is like, is he's devastated because this is like his parents that he knew was when he came home and from 19 onwards, they were really kind and nice and sweet. And they, they like, it was a bit weird and there were certain rooms they couldn't go in even when they were, you know, in, in their twenties. But, you know, he was quite devastated, but Marcus was like, 
fuck these people and I, and I don't care. So anyway, when they're clearing out the house, they start to find some signs that, well, Alex starts to find some things that, that don't quite add up. There's a photo of them as children that they're, that they're nude and the head's like torn off. And there's oh. little things like like that. And he starts to ask questions like about like he, things that he just took for granted. He suddenly realized doesn't add up because the person that he trusts most in the world is his twin brother. And you come out of an accident. He's the only person he knows. And obviously he knows him because they look the same. So he's yeah. like, why would this guy lie to me? But it turns out they have this whole history uh, of like abuse relating to the parents and, and other people, which one of them remembers and the other one doesn't. So it then becomes this moral dilemma of, well, I can tell him all these things that happened, but these were terrible, terrible things. And would I ruin his life by revealing these two things to him? And then that has to bring them up for me because by his brother kind of forging these new memories, it yeah. feels like the brother who remembers feels like there's some closure there. At least he can kind of block it off and not and not think about it. But then he, Alex, who who's feel, though feels like he's missing all these aspects of his life, and even though they're terrible and he can't remember them, he feels like, well, what what is even wow. real? Everything, everything I know is not true. And they and so there's fun things like when they go to parties. He before they'd go in the room, like Marcus would be like, "Okay, so this person's named Jane and this person's named Peter or whatever." So what you got to do? That Peter's got curly hair, so they're going to say hello and they're going to say, "How was this thing?" And you say, "Whatever." So they would pretend they would teach him everything about their friends and people that he knew to kind of so people would think that everything was fine. And he is fine now; like his memory is fine, but he's only got things from after he's nineteen. Like it was things like what's a fork and whatever, and 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 so anyway, that's not really relevant, but it's. It's fascinating this it's kind of I don't know I guess it's sort of um it's a morality tale and kind of like it's about what's real and trust and love and parenting and it's just it's just really really interesting. Wow, does it make you think about what you would do in that situation? Oh, definitely, and yeah. It's so interesting, isn't and, it, whether or not it's moral to lie to someone to protect yeah. them. And it's also one of those things where if he's just come out of this like severe accident and he's fine like physically he's fine. He just doesn't yeah. have any memories from before that time. He just vaguely knows who his brother is. Yeah. It's like, do you tell somebody immediately that, you know, or I do know. you wait? When's the good time? Is there a good time? So it's, and then eventually in the stock, they, they sit down and they, and they have a discussion about what How actually old are happened. they when they like do that? Early fifties, maybe. Whoa. So yeah. he's lived like a lot, most of his life not knowing. Yeah. But he kind of found out when he was like late twenties, early thirties, that something was wrong, but his brother was like, I cannot. Visit these things. And when you do find out what happened, it's horrible. It's like the worst thing you could do to a to a child. Oh, I don't want to know. Yeah, but it's really. all at the same time, it's kind of uplifting. And there is this, I mean, I guess I'm kind of spoiling it, but there is this still this connection between these two and this love that kind of really comes through despite the actions of, of either of them, or Marcus in, in particular, for not telling him these things. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Just it's it's great. Wow, you what's watch it, it called again? It's called Tell Me Who I Am. I'll tell you. You're an old duck. That's not incorrect. <laughs> or an old boot. I'm bringing it back. Oh, that's right, you old boot. Classic Well, memories. that sounds fascinating. I heard it recommended on another podcast, mm. so I've had it on my list. A better podcast? A better one, definitely. It. But, yes, that sounds excellent. I'm mm. definitely going to check that it's out. It's also not like crazy graphic. Like They don't show you like – Things that happened. Weird, obviously. Yeah, I know, because yeah. I just find... It's more like psychologically like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah, yeah, see, I still really struggle with that kind of yeah. stuff. I used to be fine, but after I had our son, yeah. I, I really struggle watching I, stuff same. that's quite... Like, I used to quite like Law and Order and things like that, and I just like, I can't do it. I still haven't watched that Tony Collette, what's it called? The TV show on Netflix. 
um, about the oh, rape yeah, victim. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, I've, talk, I've talked about We've this. We've talked about it. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, still haven't watched that even though I know it's excellent because I'm trying to protect my head and I my heart at the moment. That, yeah. However, that sounds really fascinating. I'm yeah. totally in it. I think you it. could handle it. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it doesn't okay. end on like a downer to – yeah. Again, to kind All right. Of spoil it, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna check mm. it out. Please do. Is it my turn? Yeah. It's always your turn, Excellent. Claire. Excellent. You know how I normally love to read a book. Oh, well, this week we I haven't. I'm literate. Been, Look at I'm me. I'm actually reading a book currently, but it's a bit of a long one, so I'll talk about it later. Mm. But the I, Bible. <laughs> James, I've read that already. Yeah. I live my life by the Bible. I don't believe you. No, I really don't. I married you, Satan's son. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Satan's son's name is Damien, Claire. (laughs) That is true. He loves to go out and party, Damien. He's a a real guy. Not real guy, but that's what his actual son's name is. Is it really? It's in like mythology, yeah. Oh, really? I thought you just made that up. Like Daryl. It's like from from the Omen and whatever. Imagine if you live next door to Satan's son. I wouldn't talk to him. <laughs> yeah, but you don't talk to your neighbours anyway. Yeah, I know, but I extra wouldn't I talk to him. And he'd try and get in with you because he'd be real slick and smooth and I'd be like, get the fuck out of here, Satan's son. I know what you're doing. You're gonna- what if he didn't want to be anything like his dad, though? What if he was trying to forge his own identity? He was trying to like, good point. leave the shackles. People aren't their parents. They are There's actually an interesting comic by Mark Miller called American Jesus where it's about the, you think it's the Messiah and then, spoiler alert, it turns out it's the son of the devil. And then it's like... But he, then it's like, well, is he, is he though a good guy? Because you can use this. It doesn't matter. Good omens yeah. also about that TV show. Sorry, go. All right, but if that is really turn. interesting. Yeah. People are not their parents. Mm. Good to know. Though sometimes I look like more my mother more and more every day. It's true. Yep, so that's an interesting conundrum too. That's a good thing, though, no, Claire. Thing. Your mother's my a delight. Excellent. And she listens to this show. Hi, Mum. You're the best. Oh, thank God I oh. said that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, my recommendation. Oh, I just, I just loved this show. It's called Total Control. It's currently on ABC iView, but I'm sure that very soon you'll be able to get it on iTunes. It is brilliant. It's produced by Rachel Griffiths, who yes. that wonderful is it Six Feet Under that brilliant yeah. show. Didn't you that say she, she was in that other thing that the horse thing. She she the produced horse thing. the film okay. Ride Like a Girl. Yeah, but she's just brilliant, brilliant in Mirror's Wedding. If you haven't watched that, that's a really iconic Australian film, and she's excellent in that. That's mm. retro, but great. But Total Control is brilliant. Its previous title was Black Bitch, and there was some kind of controversy around that. So the um, the producer decided to call it Total Control. Right. It's written by Angela Bedzien and Pip Carmel, directed by Rachel Perkins, who is co- founder of Blackfella Films. Right. And Blackfella Films have produced a lot of Indigenous Australian films and docos, including Redfern, Now, Marbo and First Australians. Redfern's supposed to be amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's supposed to be really, really excellent. And another one as well called The Tall Man. So obviously it deals a lot with Indigenous issues, but this is just brilliantly shot. We're going to be talking about the morning show after this. Yes. I was watching the morning show as well as this show and it just just made me realise how fantastic it is when you really land on a show that's just beautifully crafted and the editing is so tight. And it's it's interesting because clearly the budget of one is. Oh, 
I know, and it's you know, one has got crazy stars, yeah. you know, and and this is obviously a lot of a lot smaller budget, but it's just so beautifully shot. So it pivots between a rural town in um, central Queensland called mm. Winton. So it's it's really quite remote. Um, they're mainly known for sheep and cattle. Is there a so place? Yeah, it is a real place. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's it's a very remote small town with a Winton. high Indigenous population. have been to Winton. We haven't been to Winton, but a couple of our friends were working there oh, for okay. a while. Oh, okay. That's what I've heard. Uh, okay. Yeah, and it's it's very rural and remote. Very it's all the small. same shit in the middle. Don't even um, know. <laughs> well, anyway, so it's, you know, set in the Australian outback, really yeah. iconic imagery, and, and it's a really interesting look at Indigenous cultural life in those rural communities. Um, but then it's juxtapositioned with Canberra, and which is our, you know, capital city and parliament house there so most of the of the tv show is set in those two locations and also in sydney so um, it's interesting because most people don't know that canberra is the capital city of australia a lot of people think it's the great barrier reef not true I know because Sydney and Melbourne are really two major cities, but no one could decide between them. So they literally put the ACT in Canberra right in the middle of the two. And you know what? Good, because I don't want any of that shit anywhere near me. <laughs> anyway, so it's a, a political drama starring Rachel Griffiths as Australia's first female Prime Minister, Rachel Henderson, um, Anderson, sorry, mm. and Deborah Mailman as her political rival called Alex Irvin. She's great. Oh, she's brilliant. She's I mean, they're so both great, but I feel like people might not know Deborah Malman. No, as but much um, as they know. she's an Indigenous Australian actor, and mm. just she's spectacular in anything you put her she in. She got to start on the show with Joel Edgerton called The Secret Life. Yeah, of Yeah, I Us just and, said that. Oh, yeah, sorry. The Secret Life. I, of just, Us. I just want to mention the Joel Edgerton thing because people would know Joel Edgerton. Oh, right. Well, and that's yeah. just a brilliant show to watch too. Huh? Or it was. Maybe it doesn't hold up, but Maybe, it was for the time. It was with Claudia yeah. Carvin, who's another really yeah. brilliant Australian mm. actress. And so Deborah Mailman smashes this out of the park. She's actually a really great comedic actress as well. Yeah. But in this she plays a really strong, opinionated, kind of hard line woman. She's recruited into the Senate in Australia after a contentious video goes viral. In the video, Deborah's character Alex stands up to a gunman in her small town of Winton. And the opening of the first episode really is that, where, she, where this guy um, – it's sort of a domestic abuse case. He pulls out a gun, runs over a woman, and she has to kind of stand in front of him and confront him. Right. Um, and it's on footage and then the footage goes viral. Uh, but she's also very politically minded and socially minded. So her family and her mother in particular, who's played brilliantly by Trisha Morton Thomas, is this really strong, calm woman who is part of the stolen generation. Right. And you see her family as this kind of, beacon in their community and like an example of really hardworking Australians who are trying to make good with what they have. And Deborah's character, Alex, obviously through what she's been through, she's she's a single mother, Mm. is a really hard worker, but she also has to just stand up for herself so often and just fight every day of her life that she becomes, she's very hardened um, yes. But very funny. And the way she speaks to the people in her life, including her brother, who's played by Rob Collins, and is he's excellent. He's Rob he, Collins. I don't know. Um, he st- I know Robert Collins, of course. <laughs> um, that's he's my, been that's in maybe a few Australian I'm, I'm TV shows, including yeah. one written by Zoe Foster Blake about oh, The Wrong Girl. Oh, yeah. He was the love interest in that. Oh, I know him. He's the chef in that. 
Yeah, he's the yeah, chef. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's very handsome, but also brilliant. He's socialist and he lives in Sydney. So he's sort of your traditional socialist, indigenous activist, you know, green tea sipping. And she is actually a conservative politically. And so they have a lot of clashes and the way she speaks to him is really, really funny. But she's just very dry in her sense of humour. The first series, really, so I've watched all six episodes, pivots on um, Indigenous native title ownership. The difficulties found in remote communities. Um, they also examine deaths in custody of Indigenous youth, which is a huge problem. Right, um, yeah. And the bonds of family and cultural identity. So it's all kind of in the mix as well as exploitation of Indigenous communities by the government. So, yeah, it's really interesting watching Deborah Malman's character kind of unfold. It, it plays almost like a political thriller. Yeah. And, and Rachel Griffiths plays the PM so well because she's actually a conservative PM and she sort of is stuck. Do they name parties? Yeah, they do. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so really, um, Rachel Griffiths is, is head of the Liberals, right, okay, yeah, yeah. ostensibly, and William McInnes. For non-Australian listeners here, the Liberals are the Conservative, conservative Party. Conservative Party. So. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, exactly. It's confusing. It is confusing. But, yeah, so that she's head of the Conservative Party, but there's a whole lot of infighting. She's beholden by the hard right in her party to mm. a lot of policies that she doesn't want to, want to go ahead with. The Senate is kind of stuck and, and one of the – members of the Senate retires and so she needs to recruit someone and that's why she gets Deborah Malman's character in. But the balance of power is, you know, very, very precarious. And because she's a woman, they really examine what it's like to be a woman in politics as well. And Rachel Griffiths, as she always does, plays the character so well. You can't ever really tell whether she's a good guy or not. Yeah, because I did see one scene where she's talking to Deborah Malman about like why she's why she's in parliament and the role that she has and whether it's token or not. And it's kind of, it feels like this really honest conversation, but at the same time, it's like, is she clearly using her at the same time? It's, I really want to watch this. I should mention as well, if you do live outside of Australia, you can get it because it's on, uh, it's on YouTube and Google play. You can, you can rent it from there. Oh, that's fantastic. It's so worth watching. It's really addictive. And look, it's quite dramatic. So mm. some of it is a bit over the top and you think, oh, really, would that happen? But it's also hard. I mean, that's life and politics, isn't it, yeah. Claire? <laughs> <laughs> well, it does really paint a picture of what it's what it takes to go into politics, kind of the smarmy characters that are involved and the back backhanded dealings that happen. And also kind of what seems to happen with even good people who go into politics is they have to compromise yeah. and they have to, in order to stay in power, backflip and... And, you know, take deals that they wouldn't necessarily take. It's just, it's a really interesting look at a lot of different issues done in a really clever, smart way and beautifully shot. If you want, because we've lived in a rural community yeah. like the, the one depicted in Winton. No, I just, I have been to Winton. I did a stopover oh, there you? very briefly. Yeah. When? Uh, coming, it was coming home. It's, it would have been like via Kununurra maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, but the way they shoot Winton in the in the TV show really captures the essence of rural yeah. community living, and and also because it's created from Indigenous perspective, and it's directed by by a woman, written by women, and an Indigenous woman, it it really does it pulls no punches basically yeah. in outlining just how hard it is and the struggles for Indigenous communities to navigate 
the political landscape. Yeah, right. Really, and all the different players and how complex Indigenous politics is as well. You know, it's there's not yeah. that everyone has a different opinion. There's so many different stakeholders, and Deborah Malman's character and her brother's character really highlight that. That just like in any group of people, you can have conservatives and people yeah. with more socialist liberal views. Just and because how people that are works. from the same background doesn't mean they share the same beliefs. Yeah, so. exactly. So it's it's a really interesting look at that. And also it's just about kick-ass women. You know how much I bloody love that. There, so there's a lot of karate in it. Interesting. There that sounds is, great. I yeah. genuinely will watch that. Mm, and I really guess that, that. that's funny because you mentioned that about an influential strong woman who kind of gets put into a position because of a viral video. That's exactly how the morning show starts. What's called Morning Wars in Australia. It's on Apple Plus. Are you? Oh, sorry, we're moving on to this yet? Yeah, 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 go yeah. for it, yeah. Uh, so this, we're, bo- we're both kind of talk about this together. Uh, but it's uh, produced and uh, it's show run by Jay Carson who makes a lot of TV stuff, but he also was he's done a lot, a lot of things in politics. He was Hillary uh, Clinton's press secretary in 2008. He's worked for a bunch of other people including Bill Clinton and, and this and that. I was just going through his bio. And on the surface, it's good. It's like it seems good. Like – <laughs> it's really hard to it's explain it's, the morning It's show, Jennifer Aniston, it? Reese with with a spoon. It's Michael Scott. Like that's yeah. what's his you newest know, name. I wrote down Michael Scott because I thought it'd be funny. Now I can't remember his actual name. <laughs> Steve Carell. Steve Carell. And yeah. it's basically Steve Carell plays the Matt Lauer type morning show character who in the US in 2017 it was revealed that he was on the NBC Today show and he'd been sexually harassing women or, or having relationships with them and there was a whole lot of grey air about, well, was it consensual? And actually it seems like the women that he did sleep with furthered their careers while the ones that refused him didn't. And it was So it's still very much up in the end. The guy's gone, but he seems like a real creep, this guy. Yeah. So it's, it's a really interesting premise, but there's something wrong with it. And I'm not exactly sure what it is. Tonally, it's all over the place. Performances are good. It looks gorgeous. It captures like the essence of a morning show. Like you feel. And there's really funny, great parts yeah. of it. I mean, and Reese's production company, Hello mm. Sunshine, um, spearheaded this project yeah. too. And she's brilliant in it and really Everybody funny. is. There's not a bad yeah. performance in it. No, and I mean, the casting is great. The costumes are great. The set looks great. Some of the script is good. I think sometimes the music actually Definitely. is a bit off. The tone is weird and it's yeah. not always, but there's scenes like, and I think they're trying to do a thing like Succession, which is a show you haven't really seen a lot of. But there's a lot of kind of classical music playing while like people are seriously looking at documents and like eyeing each other <laughs> across boardrooms and things like that. Like House of Cards. Kind of like that, yeah. And and they kind of try to work that in, but they seem to be missing key elements of that. There's a moment in the latest episode, because it is week to week. It comes out every Friday, I think. I can't remember. But so it'll just it pops up in your streaming service. But there's this big article comes out in relation to the Steve Carell character and all the, the sexual assault allegations. And everyone's worried about what's going to be said and who was affected and who's going to lose their jobs. So people are reading this article while kind of this serious kind of music is playing and there's all these reaction shots. But what's missing from that particular element is you don't know what's in it. Like yeah, they hint it's to hinted it, but that, they don't really. But it's give not you enough, enough to be like, what are they specifically? Reading, and I may, I'm sure it's something they'll definitely cover in the next episode. But it's this extended sequence of just like, wh- what am I supposed to be following here? What what are my feelings towards this? I'm also not sure whether I, not not only that I don't like the characters, but I don't care about the, those characters because the Steve Carell character in it. He plays it interestingly because he's kind of sleazy but unaware. He thinks he's kind of not in the wrong, but 
yeah. clearly is, at least in some elements, you know, um, yeah. there might be and, some and, truth to what he's and saying. I think but that's what's interesting about it and why mm, I keep keeps yes. me hooked in because you're never really sure if anybody is the good guy. Or the yeah. bad guy, you know, and Steve Carell's character, they haven't just gone the traditional line of, well, he assaulted people yeah. and therefore he is a bad guy yeah. and the villain of the piece. You kind of do get a real sense of what, I was going to say Rachel's character, but Jennifer Aston, <laughs> yeah. um, her character is feeling because she was his co-host for 15 years. Yeah. And so you do kind of get this feeling um, that you're unsure about whether or not he's genuinely a terrible person or whether he's a sleaze bag. And then it or does, he's just oblivious, like he doesn't yeah, think he's he doing damage. Oh, but and, yeah, yeah. And he obviously has done things that are wrong in the way that he's um, developed sexual relationships yeah. outside of his marriage with women in the workplace. Yeah. And he's also, his yeah. marriage like sucks anyway. Yeah. So that's not even the issue. The no. issue is kind of the way that the other staff treat the people that he's having yeah, relations with, with and yeah. also the way he goes about kind of drawing these women in mm. and kind of destroying their sense of self-worth and self-esteem. So you're sort of not really sure where it's going, but in some cases you sort of feel a little bit sorry for him. Yeah. It's very confusing. I think I think it's okay though to to like to write to see him as despicable, which he is, and and a lot of the characters are because Jennifer Aniston knows a lot about this and, stuff, and that's an interesting that's plot it, point yeah. too. I think they really explore how, yes, maybe like in Harvey Weinstein's case, he's the fall guy. He's the yeah. and he obviously was the main perpetrator, and it's obviously not the same as Steve Carell's character in this show because Harvey Weinstein was also you know a sexual yeah. We're talking about this before. There's like there's yeah. degrees of there's degrees. This, However, yeah. I think when you really look into the Harvey Weinstein case and similar to this, there's a culture around a person like this that allows things to happen. Absolutely. And they do really explore that. I think part of the problem though too is that they've tried to layer all of this gravitas on what is ostensibly a morning show puff television show. I don't know if that is the problem either because I think – Whatever you're doing, the stakes are high. Whatever your job is, you're trying to keep that job. You're trying to do a good job. You know, you're trying to survive. Yeah. So I, I don't think the stakes are the problem. I think the framing of it is just it's a skew. And I'm not exactly sure what it is because sometimes it feels right. Yeah, it does. I think there's a problem in the edit. And I think and this the, could be a, score. this could write itself because there are moments, like I said, that, it, that like it's brilliant and it plays really well and there's other moments that it's just like, what? Is this and occasionally the yeah. characters do things that you think mm, I don't know if that quite fits. Yeah, but like there's also really interesting moments. Like at a, there's a point where all the female staff members go together and have some drinks at a bar, mm. and the way they kind of have an argument and talk about Steve Carell's character is really interesting and yeah. different stakeholders. And you think, yeah, that would actually happen in real life if your boss had found yes. to be, you know, if it had all come out and he'd been fired in such a dramatic way then, yeah, different people would have different – some people would be like, sleazeball, gross, don't feel sorry for him, and someone else who'd worked with well, him he for never, 15 Well, he years. never did anything to me and yeah, he was always exactly. whatever. Yeah. Or there's a staff member who actually did have a relationship with him for a time yeah. and it's obvious that she doesn't feel taken advantage of. She was in love with him. Yeah. Um, but then she's also, as you can see across her face, trying to unpick whether – her being in love with him actually clouded her judgment and maybe he did take advantage of yeah. her and you can see she's trying to explore that. So that's really interesting. And I find I'm also watch really it. fascinating that like he's trying to find a way back and one of his answers is I want to do like a sit-down chat with people who 
uh, people like me who have kind of been cancelled. And the and and like the answer is like you're not the person to kind of to lead this discussion. Like I think it's important for people like that to be involved. And we've talked about how, you know, to, to a certain extent, there should be like rehabilitation and people learn from mm. things that of they've. Course. And obviously, then and then there's always like cases like the there's Harvey Weinstein thing, where it's like, well, then you should be in jail. Who should be in jail. So yeah, and so it is. So things like that, I think, is is really interesting that he thinks that he should still be the forefront of this I know. thing. And, it's just, yeah, look, obviously we've got a lot to kind of to say, say about, about it. it. And so. I've, I've been looking forward to each episode. But what I find really interesting is when I was watching this, I was also watching mm. Total Control. And they're sim- in some ways the plot lines, I mean, they're very different shows, but there's similarities in yes. some of the themes. And Total Control is just so much better, I think. Yeah. And also because the gravitas of the issues are so huge. And I think. You know, they, they deal with themes of, you know, deaths in custody of young Indigenous mm. women and the case that they look at is just so terribly sad and, and happening in oh, our yeah. country as we speak and an abuse of police and guards within prison systems. And so when you're looking at that and the gravitas of that. Um, Stop saying gravitas. I know, I keep saying gravitas. Close. I don't know why I've decided. I never use that word. Anyway, I'm trying to think of another way of saying it. The seriousness of the those weight. stories, the weight of those stories and the importance of people understanding those stories. And then you're like watching the morning show, which it's still playing the same kind of dramatic music, yeah. but it's just like, will she lose her million-dollar contract and maybe have to sell her condo in Malibu? You know, it, just, yeah. it doesn't have the same weight. Yeah. Anyway, but again, but I, I don't think both. that's I don't think that's the problem though, because I think yeah, you can make the stakes whatever. Yeah, you know? I agree. And in he, the Mandalorian, yeah. it's whether he can get a hairy egg from a space rhino, <laughs> and the stakes are just as high. <laughs> I tried to watch that and I fell asleep. You need to not watch things before you go to bed because I, I think know. you actually could enjoy it. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I guess so. that's either here nor there. Anyway, this has been suggestible. Goodbye, everybody. No, we've got to recommend some things first. We did that already. We you mean the people who write in and listeners. recommend things? Yes. Actually, people can. Actually, reviewing the show helps in a big bad way. Uh, you can a do it right. Bad a way. big bad way. You can do this right on app. Uh, this is from Senator Forty Eight. He's given it a five star review, and I appreciate that. The title is "Reminds Us Why We're Married." It says "Suggestible" is the soundtrack of our Saturday morning errands. My wife and I listen for listen weekly for a great for great suggestibles framed by rapid fire and affectionate banter. We laugh a lot and are often touched by the insightful viewpoints offered. Offered Claire and James are our Australian kindred spirits and remind us weekly why we love each other and have been soulmates and best Aww. friends for twenty three. Hours, no <laughs> years, twenty three years. Bloody hell! That what, what, who were their names? That's from Senator Forty Eight. Senator, well, I don't know your names, but that is bloody amazing. Congratulations on twenty three years. Yeah, that's terrific. That is bloody awesome. Oh, well, now I'm all emotional. I'm the same. All right, I've got to put my emotions aside. I'll Good. keep moving forward. This is a recommendation. You can recommend our stuff on at Suggestible Pod on Instagram or Facebook or Twitters. Uh, we love to hear from you. And this is by Nick Van Gorp. I've probably said your name completely Neek. wrong. How many E's in Nick? N-I-E-K. N-I-E-K, yeah. That's Nick? Sounds- Nick. Nick. Yeah. Nick Van Gorp. What a cool name. I've probably said that totally wrong. No, you nailed it. Excellent. Hi, love suggestible bloody five out of five. 
Right back at you, mate. I wanted to suggest Daniel Sloss, his latest show, X. It's on HBO, but his previous two shows oh, were on it? Netflix. I've been looking forward to that. Yeah, those are quite brutal. But yeah. I think this new show really is something a lot of guys should hear, see, since it deals with, for instance, toxic masculinity and how this affects the rest of your life. This then spirals into a way more severe topic. I do not want to spoil the ending, but normally his shows are 75% good fun and then about 25% making a point with some decent shots. There's a very good there. chance we've seen this because we saw him at the comedy festival. Yeah. So we might have actually seen this show or an early version of it. Uh, yeah, he's I really brilliant. like Daniel Sloss yeah, a lot. He's, he's like friends with like Will Anderson. And yeah, other, he like, does a great interview yeah. with Will Anderson yeah. on Willosophy and mm. um, Will's other podcast. Yeah. It's yeah, really good and he's great. Yeah, and he's like good friends with like the little dum-dum guys or whatever and, and like toured with them and stuff like that. So yeah, toured anyway. So yeah, I, I agree. He is because he, he, he does come at it from like a an interesting perspective, perspective I feel. Yeah. Because yeah. one of those things where like people might be like, well, it's just another bloody white guy talking about bloody masculine. <laughs> but it, it's he's got some interesting things to yeah. say. And I will say that if you we just decide to like exclude white men from discussion. I agree nowhere. we should. Wait, what are we <laughs> no, talking but about? that's so ridiculous. Like we just, it's not about excluding people. It's just about including everyone. Yeah, I agree. I think and there is room in, for yeah, everybody, literally everybody to have a television show or podcast. <laughs> Oh, and just before we finish, just quickly, our Planet Broadcasting fundraiser is finishing tomorrow, which well, this will go out tomorrow. So yes. it'll be finishing the day that, of release. But you'll still have time to donate if you would like to. We would love you to. We're almost at bloody $100,000. Somebody must have put in a bunch of money. Yeah, and looking. we are blown away. I just got a message from Nick Mason that was like, have you seen this? And I'm like, I've seen this, Nick Mason. Stay out of my bloody messages. Yeah, it's, it's bloody incredible. So yeah. that is going towards um, the – Seaweed Regeneration Project through Intrepid and the University of Tasmania. They're regrowing our kelp forests at the bottom of Tassie and we love it because that's one of the ways that we can sequester carbon from the atmosphere. So if you, like me, are feeling depressed about the, the state of the world and the bushfires that are happening at the moment, that's something that's small that you can do and I'm just blown away. So thank you to everybody who Big has kiss donated. to everybody and there's Big bonus stuff. chef's kiss You can win prizes and stuff. To you all. All right, that's it. I oh, so. I'm at Claire Tonti on Insta if you want to follow me over there. And you're so at am I. Sunday Hit me up at Claire movies. Tonti on Insta. What? Give me a like. Yeah, I do put a lot of pics of you over there. You do. There's more photos of me on your Instagram than there yeah, is mine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I love the gram. I don't really like any other things, but I love the gram. She loves a gram of Coke. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> Only a gram a day. <laughs> That's Keeps quite a doctor lot. doctor at bay. I don't think it does. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.